0: You know, I don't keep my penis in my head.
1: Oh, and welcome to episode number 92 of grumpy old ben's for monday september 7th 2020 i am darren o'neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle america just outside of Chirac, rack where it may be labor day but you know nobody really works
0: and from america's left coast where your problem is very important to us and you could you please wait on the line indefinitely?
1: no one will be with you shortly i'm ryan Bemrose. i know and our motto is if you're not happy, we're not happy. Or no, wait, we're not happy until you're not happy. That's it. Blew I thought up. our motto was we're not happy. We blew the punchline right off the bat. I have a feeling that means it's going to be a good show. We have a guest who is a podcaster in his own right. Like five, six days ago, he hadn't even done a show. And now he's up to like 28 shows. It just shows you how quickly you can go from zero. Yeah,
0: it, there, there's a school of thought that says he's still never done a show. Well, he just that's, loads up yeah. the stream and lets, lets the Gray America guys do it
1: for him. That may be true. <laughs> if you're on uh, No Agenda Social or in the troll room, you may know him as Sir Seat Sitter. And uh, if you're a No Agenda fan, you think that means he has uh, donated $1,000 to the best damn podcast in the universe. But no, no, he's Sir Seat Sitter, and he's very close to being Sir Sir Seat Sitter. And are you really going to go with that nickname, Chris?
2: Uh, I've been trying to find something. I had that way before No Agenda, so it's like, uh Eventually, Maybe I'll find something else, but I'm, it's like I've committed to it now. You know, it's like when you I, eat a rotten sandwich and you're like halfway through it, you're like, well, no going back.
0: I, no, that that's not how rotten sandwiches work. And I would totally <laughs> throw that shit away. But I do. I, I will admit I kind of relish the idea of of hearing Dvorak stumble over the no, nomic. Uh, you know, right. the seats <laughs> seat her. Like I,
1: even I just stumbled over it. And I, I was trying to lead with it.
2: He yeah. stumbled over every note of
1: sent him so or you could just finally feel like you've been made an honest knight and just stay sir seat sitter
2: yes yeah. sir, sir seat sitter of the former stolen valor
1: there you go uh, uh, honesty was never one of the job requirements well that's why they don't keep track of any of this stuff themselves it's all an honor code and you got to follow through you got to be the guy that is honorable and you work because you pointed out like Nope, not a night. Everybody in no agenda lands like they hear Sir Seats that are like must be a knight because nobody else had the name Sir before their name. But the the podcast that you're doing, I used to say that Fletcher of the Hog Story podcast was a genius for figuring out that you put a voicemail number out there and a bunch of people will call and leave messages up to three minutes a piece that you can use for content. So it's like let. The producers do the content. That's genius. And then I've been on a couple of Chris's shows, Abs of a Six Pack, and he does an even more genius thing, which is you put multiple people on the show at the same time as guests. You let them talk, and you go drink and have a smoke and have dinner or whatever you're doing. Is that is that pretty much a fair way to explain this? That's
2: definitely what happened on Tuesday. Uh, That was also not my most shining moment. like I said, still afraid to go back and listen to that one. We'll see. It is posted, uh, but no, we, uh, if we don't have Af- a guest, we'll do a- it.
0: <laughs> afraid to listen to it, but it's posted publicly, right? Yeah. So and you can listen I'm to it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that is an excess of confidence or foolhardiness, <laughs> but it works.
1: You can listen to it and then tell Chris whether it was good or not. I thought it was a good conversation. It was It, it was funny. and, and I, mean, I was the, laughing a lot. I mean, the beauty of this whole thing is I just kind of crashed the party because nick the rat was on with tom starkweather and nick disappeared and i'm like oh i'll be funny i'll come in and i'll do my nick the rat like hi everybody it's, it's dick the rat and <laughs> sounds like mickey mouse right well that's you know i kind of figured that's what nick was I, going I, for i said that about darren over and over again but I, I don't know that's his real voice he says i don't i don't understand a lot of people think he's putting on a voice and i'm not really sure and that's the whole beauty of of nick the rat if whether this is a uh whether it's a put on or not, but I wanted to get in on this and I was, Chris was kind enough to send me a link in Twitter after he sent me a link to a YouTube video. I mean, he's <laughs> learning this stuff and I'm like, give me a link. I was so
2: drunk. I was sending links to YouTube videos thinking it was a clean feed link. I'm
1: uh-huh, yeah. like, it should be a link, And he sends me a YouTube thing. And I'm like, that's less helpful than you might think <laughs> to get on the show. But then Nick to answer you was a little drunk.
2: Tom, Tom was, Nick was a little drunk. Tom was very drunk, and I was very, very, very drunk. Um, America was on. But to answer your question, yes, when we have guests, there is very little preparation, and we let them do most of the work a lot of times. And then other times, we'll pick a topic when it's all three of us. Uh, we've done Harp, MK Ultra, Terrence McKenna. Uh, we did a beer podcast that was six hours that you will never see the light of day. Um, <laughs> well, that well, that goes we'll, on we'll your topic and Yeah. <laughs> We'll pick a topic and run out uh, a uh, pull, we'll, pull clips and research.
0: So. Yeah. Well, well the, s- speaking of no preparation,
1: how do we feel about doing a grumpy old Ben's today? We are, we are doing a grumpy old Ben's right now. As we speak, this is grumpy oh, this old, old Benz like number 92. Gossip. We were well our podcasts. Aren't they basically just gossip? Yeah, I want to gossip about other it. podcasts. <laughs> this, podcast? You know, I'm still not sure. I mean, the abs. And so it's A-B-S-N-A-6-P-A-C-K dot com, if I got that right. And now, according to you, Chris, that the A-B-S was because you have two other co-hosts and that's their last names and yours. Now, I've listened to a bunch of shows, and I've never heard your co-host. I'm not sure they exist. (laughs) They're just my two imaginary friends. I I thought that Uh, maybe. Yeah, I thought maybe you were having a psychotic break and you just
0: (laughs) imagine them. Could be like Nick's co-hosts where he he does all the
1: voices himself. Wait, Nick does more than one voice. Uh, I am I'm uh, might be spreading rumors here. Yeah, don't don't let us know how the sausage is made. Nobody wants to know these kind of things. Nobody wants to see Nick's sausage. But we've talked about podcasting on this show before and what people should know to get started and all of that. Since you are a new podcaster, Chris, what would you say is the most important thing you've learned? You know, what surprised you? Are you enjoying this whole process?
2: Definitely enjoying it. Um, And since when we do have a topic and no guest, we all do research. I have learned a lot. But um, the number one advice I would give somebody is you're stuck on something and you have no idea what the hell you're doing. Hit up Darren O'Neill because he usually has the answer. (laughs) At least when it comes to audio.
1: Well, he usually has an answer.
0: Well, that's true.
2: So far, so good on all your help.
1: You know, this today we're trying something even even brand new because Chris pays for the clean feed, which gives you the multi-track recording. But I think in order for it to work correctly on Windows, you're on seven or eight, Chris, right? The way for that to work, you need to pay under Windows 10. You can do all the cool routing and stuff without having to pay. So I tried it for one month, paid the 22 bucks clean feed. I highly recommend their service. Really good voice over IP. The recording works, no drift or anything like that. Yeah, but it hardly ever drops out for no agenda. It does for them I don't know why. I mean, that has to be just bad bandwidth from JCD. And I don't get this new bug they think they figured with the thing over modulating and sending it into Oblivion because we've tested that and it doesn't happen, although it does for them. So there's something weird. It's the combination, I'm sure, of JCD's gear, bandwidth, and whatever browser that he's using, but I was like, okay, I'd like to record this in multi-track, which I do. That way, if there's any issues with needing to level volume and stuff like that after the podcast, so I'm like, oh, do you have a uh, you know a Skype to get Chris on the show? And he's like, well, I don't remember my password. I'm like, well, okay, let's try this. Start your clean feed. So I'm technically on one of Chris's shows, clean feeds right now, and then Bemrose is on ours. And the Motu, the beautiful device that Adam Curry uses, is bringing everything together. So I'm actually connected to two clean feeds right now, and I'm not dropping out. So how does that all work? I don't know. But it's cool. It's cool stuff. It really is. And um, half of the uh, really half of the battles when it comes to doing a podcast, if you're not in the same room with the people you want to be talking to is figuring all this audio routing stuff, because Windows and audio routing. You can thank Bemrose. It's not easy. Hey, you're welcome.
2: Just start doing the show over I, ham radio.
1: That would work. I apologize for the inconvenience. I understand how frustrating that must be for you. You do. You do not understand anybody's inconvenience. I hate to say that, but. No, I don't sympathize, but I understand. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is very true. And uh, podcasting, like anything else, it just takes repetitions. It takes doing the stuff and making the mistakes. And then realizing what you did. And usually you don't make the same mistakes twice. I mean, everybody, when they're starting out, somehow doesn't record one channel. They miss out on something or they don't record the whole thing. And Fletcher's done that a few times. But with Hog Story, that could be a feature. You never know. It's one of those things to where then it's those magical shows that people are like, it it takes the the. The, the concept then of, well, oh, you didn't hear that one live. Oh, it never will be released.
0: There's, there's a number of shows out there that are just better as as a live experience. And and it would lose something in if you translated it and recorded it and posted it later, like Mark and George 24, for example. Right. I need to get my hands that
1: Mark Von Dyke was on the stream on Saturday night. It was great to hear his voice again. His studio was hooked up. He was playing some BGS and ABBA and that kind of stuff so uh, i know ben Rose, you wouldn't like the music but it was great to hear void's voice again yes, and now
0: now podcasting from 1983 again
1: yes direct from the netherlands uh sir spencer says he's finally gotten his mix minus set up. that is the trickiest part of doing any kind of podcast sir spencer of the bowl after bowl podcast he sat in for you one day when you were on vacation out camping so people everybody liked uh, hearing from uh, sir spencer he's good people he is He's a good guy, a little bit crazy, but, you know, I mean, he lives in Kansas City and there's good barbecue and there's the Negro Hall of Fame. And it's like, that's a good place to go when all this insanity is over, when all the barbecue restaurants are now, they could be open and actually serving because restaurants here again in our county are only open for outside dining. And it's like, geez, that's just I don't get it. It is a completely different world because I've got a friend that lives in uh, in your area down in Nashville. And I noticed that her son was playing like little peewee football. And it's like, wait, they're playing sports in Tennessee. What the hell? Uh, Restaurants are know, fully open. That that might be one of
0: you know what? That's going on the list of places I could move. Except I bet it's hot humid there.
1: Yeah, it is. I, I need to get it's, the fuck out of Washington state.
2: It doesn't feel too bad right now. Honestly.
1: Well, you're used to it. I, I mean, I went down to <laughs> Nashville a few times for the big country music fest in the middle of summer. And it was like you walk outside and melt. But
0: I'm, I'm currently sitting in a room that is 61 degrees Fahrenheit with uh,
1: 41% humidity. And, and that's, I'm pretty dang comfy. I was gonna say that sounds right about in the Bemrose wheelhouse that you wanted to uh, wanted to be in. But when it comes yeah. to this podcasting stuff now, we, we've known about this for a little while. Adam Curry and his new venture, which I've just been tabbed to uh, help out to trying to come up with a logo for it. So, uh, you know. That'll be fun. The podcastindex.org is the website. And what it basically is, is a reflection of the fact that Adam was the guy that created this whole thing to begin with. He created the first podcast list, if you will, which turned into the thing that is now the iTunes podcast listing. And as we all know, If you're listening to Grumpy Old Benz, you've been listening to Abs in a Six-Pack, you've been listening to almost any show that runs on the No Agenda stream. You know about the whole deplatforming problem. You know that shows are disappearing from YouTube. You know that podcasts, including Joe Rogan, now there's some uh, things going on. Whether these episodes actually didn't make it to Spotify for a good reason or not, we've all talked about that. But this whole concept of the podcastindex.org is, well, if Apple and Google, who run the two main lists that are out there, and I know there are others, but most of those are behind uh, firewalls, they're behind paywalls and stuff like that, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, the Spotify's and there's a bunch of other, you know, like Blueberry, the one that has the, uh, the plugin that a lot of people use, including us, to do the RSS feeds and all that through WordPress. The main people that run these lists are taking people off if they don't like the content. And this was one of the things that's being targeted here, which is this is gonna be a list no matter what your podcast is about. You're you can list it and you'll never be allegedly, hopefully, you'll never be deplatformed or silenced. Now, is this gonna work out? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you're okay, you're sure. Ryan, maybe not so much.
0: Right, uh, Ryan still doesn't understand the mute button, but I'll figure it out some <laughs> point. Maybe by episode two hundred. Yeah. Um, when I when I first looked at this, and uh, I I I think I'm the one who brought it to your attention because I I had a secret way of knowing that Adam had uploaded the first version or the the first episode of of his podcasting two point yes. uh, podcast it's because he uploads it to the noagetic content network and I get notifications and I'm like, what the hell is this? This is brand new. And I go listen to it and I send it to Darren. And, uh, and then, you know, I, w- I was asking the next day, I said, Hey, Adam, do you want me to put this on the stream? And he's like, no, not yet. Okay. So I waited. Uh, it looks like the podcasting 2.0 is trying to solve two problems simultaneously. And the one that you just described, the one that Adam cares about is they don't want People like Apple to be gatekeepers anymore. They don't want people like uh, Spotify and Libsyn to be the ones who can decide whether or not your podcast is allowed to exist. So they are creating an completely open—I don't know if it's open source or not—but uh, an independent uh, platform where they they are doing nothing more than indexing RSS feeds and then providing an api uh the other problem which is the one i'm far more interested in help in getting help with for reasons that should be clear uh it, in a moment um and i think this is the one that's more important to dave smith adams uh, co- uh partner is that the xml spec for rss is not it, it's not really tightly defined and most importantly it's not very well followed and there are a lot of RSS, you know, the, the problem, and this is a, a purely programmer problem, is that RSS feeds are really hard to parse. You you can go out and get an off-the-shelf XML reader and parser, and you can get, uh, you know, then tell it and pull out the item thing, and and if everything is correct, then you'll probably get the episodes you want, although you don't always have the metadata, there's no field for episode number, things like that. And as somebody who has an automated automated XML parser that I use for RSS feeds for the stream, this is something that I've had to deal with a lot. Like, uh, you know, just on the stream, uh, Smashcast doesn't use episode numbers. Rhino doesn't use episode numbers. Both of those uh, make it a lot harder to catalog the episodes. uh Nick the Rat is constantly manually futzing with his stream in fact <laughs> as as recently as yesterday his RSS feed was completely broken even in Firefox because he left off like a closing XML tag or something
1: Yeah I saw uh, that in uh, in Podcast Addict it was the first time I've ever seen an error on the show <laughs> Well and,
0: it, and 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 I've definitely ranted about the fact that he manually futzes with his date format in you know in order to have everything published at 0420 EST and I don't care about the 0420, but the EST is not a standard ISO date format, so I have to do special parsing for that. Uh, and the number of special cases that you need in order to correctly parse uh, an XML file and an RSS feed in order to get the information you actually care about, which is what new episodes are there, what uh, what's available. Uh, getting all of that out of it is something that this podcast index is promising to solve for programmers and that's the part i'm interested in
1: well it's trying to make it a little bit more consistent across all of the shows because even shows that don't necessarily use episode numbers they just keep releasing things and don't have a number and if i get it i mean i understand why people are like well i'll just put up the next one and it doesn't really matter what number it is but that number is essential for programs to be able to grab a bunch of your shows and then make sense of that data especially if the date changes for some reason and something's been updated like you go back five weeks later because you realize there was a mistake in the listing the worst thing ever is that gets brought back up because of the date to the top and it doesn't show that it was an older show and when this stuff started
0: the the, the rss spec never had an identity field for the episodes It, it i think it assumed that You know, once you post something, then it will never be changed. There's no there's no mechanism in RSS to modify something that's already been posted. All you can do is post something new. And, you know, if you have an episode number, you can say, well, we're posting episode three again. And then uh, a software can look at this and say, well, I already saw episode three, but here's an episode three post. And so we'll just throw out the old one and say it was an update but RSS doesn't support that so in the RSS spec you're actually posting a brand new episode every single time you uh, you know you post the same mp3 with a different date or something
1: right and i think this is a great idea when it comes down to what they're trying to do i don't know if it is going to be exempt though from the same kind of issues that we've been seeing right now with all of the apps for instance that connect to the mastodon instances because i mean Heaven forbid you actually connect to a Mastodon instance that is filled with hate speech. I mean, even if it really is hate speech, we're to the point as as a society where we're hiding under our beds because of words. I mean, it's bad enough that you're hiding under your bed because of a virus that seems to be completely overblown. But at least that does exist and that is killing some people. But words, I mean, now when you're hiding under your bed because you know the words that are being used i want to know how something like this how the podcastindex.org is going to get around that because if somebody and i know this is supposedly now going to allow anybody that wants to create their own podcasting app to use this as the catalog but it would be fairly you know fairly easy for apple or for google to go Oh wait, they're using the the dangerous listing. Yeah, we're just not going to let that app in now. Is there, There's no way to protect from that happening, is there?
2: You should be able to just uh, do it with a browser, like not on your phone. But if you're, yeah, I mean, like like you said, every pretty much every like Gab never even got allowed originally. I don't think on the um, in most alternative social media companies never even got initially allowed on the app store.
1: Yeah, and but, I think a vast. I, mean, I don't
2: I don't really use podcast catching apps anyways. I just download them straight from the way I go to hogstory.net and just download the episode. Or I, you know, go to grumpyoldbins.com, download the
1: episode. That's old that's even older school than old school. Yeah. Uh and yet still supported on all the good podcasts. Well, yes. Yes, it is, and that is a uh, it, it's one way to do it, but I think most people, a vast majority, use some kind of podcast app and I listen to a lot of them just on the phone, especially when you want to sleep, something like that. Just put in the headphones. Then if you're an out and about, you know, if you're doing any kind of commuting, it's all via the phone. I would bet and I don't know these stats. I'm just guessing if anybody's ever seen this information, I'd like to know. But I would guess that a vast majority, I would say 85 percent or maybe even more of podcast listening is done on a phone or mobile device. Just to guess. Not mine. Well, yours is in a drawer, and I can make it scream Yoko if I text you. (laughs) No, that's not Yoko. That's the goat scream. Bemrose sings Yoko, dropping Um, this fall for the holiday season.
0: Get get with the program. Yoko doesn't sing unless I get a phone call. Otherwise, my text message sound is just a goat scream. It's nothing to be freaked out about. Although... I was I was in a doctor's office the other day, a dentist office in the chair, and they had me back and my mouth open. They were prodding me and stuff. And uh, suddenly blood curdling scream goes out in the room and both the doctor and the assistant freak out. And I'm like, "Uh,
1: take this thing out of my mouth and I'll explain what that was. (laughs) (laughs) Where did that come from? That's my phone. That's my phone. Netnet thinks over 90 percent of podcasts are done via the phone. And uh, Abel Kirby, the guy that does the podcast with cold acid, says there's an Apple Google trust issue that will never go away. And I agree. And that's why right. it's great to have in- independent people doing stuff like this. I just worry that the big guys are going to find a way to negate anything that the independents are doing if they really don't like well, the,
0: it. The, the protection against that is is open source. If that's a concern. What you have to do is decentralize. And I I don't know. I'm I'm not going to put words in their mouth, but I don't know what uh, Dave Smith and Adam Curry want to do with this podcast index. But if if their index is wide open and can be downloaded and their software is open source and can be mirrored, then they can never be shut down. Right. Uh, If, on the other hand, that they decide to keep the index closed and proprietary, keep the source close to their chest then they can be bought
1: out or shut down by the big guys. Well, I mean, the and whole beauty of this seems like they want it all to be open. So if you're creating apps, if you're doing things in the podcasting sphere, if you will, that you'll be able to use this as a resource.
2: Well, Darren, if you'll allow me to backtrack a second, you brought up how people are hiding under their beds from offensive words on Mastodon.
1: Well, some and, you know, figuratively anyway,
2: I've been on the Fediverse a little bit and you go to the, um, the global timeline and it's just all anime. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. anime vaginas, anime tits, and well, anime can, booty, and
1: Able that's Kirby what makes that me hot under my bed. Yeah, well, it just it just makes you worry about humanity, right?
0: No, you you can thank Abel Kirby for that one. the The global timeline that pops up on any instance is a direct <laughs> result of of who is following what from other instances.
1: Well, it's fucking a, weebs, dude. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's an interesting <laughs> system how this this all works which is a bunch of smaller instances all go together and create so all these little mastodon servers and a lot of people run them where they're the only user on their own mastodon server and then that goes out to the fediverse and you combine all these together and you get something like the equivalent of Twitter as far as how everything talks to you know together where not any no one person can totally silence another i mean there is still blocking on the instance level you can still block whoever you want but you don't have this issue as a uh, as a full you know this is uh, something i've seen recently with the twits on twitter that are talking about people like you know james woods and stuff like that who are very vehement in wanting an open platform where people aren't censored. And then people are like, oh, he blocked me. What a hypocrite. And it's like, no, you don't fucking understand the difference between an individual thinking you're a douche and blocking you so they don't have to see your content and the platform taking you off and blocking you so nobody can see your content. The fact that these people don't understand the difference between those two things is also a scary thing to me.
2: Yeah, I got. uh I've gotten suspended a couple times from Twitter, but at this point I'm hoping they just ban me altogether.
1: <laughs> you're, you're trying. That's not a bad idea.
0: Uh, if you need some yeah, put, pointers, I can probably help with that. Be like, just say what I would say,
1: <laughs> say what he would say. And then add, you know, just call uh, Alyssa Milano, the C word like uh, Earl Walkman did. And they don't like that.
2: I can't oh, remember honestly, what the first oh, time was for, but the the second time was for uh, saying Jim Carrey's a retard. And, uh, that comes, I can give that you, I can days. give
0: you three words. <laughs> I guarantee if you post these three words and especially if they're a hashtag, you will get suspended from Twitter. All lives matter gone, done. you're out
1: it is that is the uh the new world you're living in. It is very strange and it although it's not is it really the world or it is just social media and people that are out in the real world talking to each other, you know besides the rioters and looters. and I saw a story the other day that said. There were multiple people that were picked up and arrested at like three or four totally different riots in totally different geographical locations. And it's like, no, nobody's backing these guys to go from town to town to do this. No, there's no money involved at all.
0: That's why there's big freaking buses uh-huh. that say Black Lives Matter on the side. They're so undercover.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. how do you not see that? It's
2: it, it, our, our our friend Patriot J got the permanent ban from Twitter the day he was supposed to come on abs in a six pack because he uh, had an uh, making fun of black and he's black he's a rapper uh, works for a Republican congressman. He got the permanent boot from Twitter because he made a joke about Black Lives Matter. So you're not far off when you say you can get banned from that. I but I got I, on parlor and uh, I, me and three other people in the world.
1: Right. right. I, I
0: guarantee I would have been banned from Twitter by now. If I hadn't ejected myself when I realized that the whole platform was going down the path of censorship.
1: You know, the whole parlor thing just kind of seems like Gab 2.0 to me. And or like
2: Gab 0.5.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, they keep trying to recreate Twitter, thinking that everybody that's on Twitter is just going to run over. And that is not going to happen. I mean, look at the internet from day one. Look at eBay, for instance. What they're doing is really not hard. Yeah, from a you know, programmer standpoint, Bemrose, give him an afternoon, he can create a brand new website that will do the same damn thing. But the eyeballs are on eBay and but other wouldn't people would use JavaScript. Well, that's true. It would be more efficient. It would work across all platforms and it would be better, but nobody would use it because it's not eBay. And that really is what a lot of this stuff comes down to is, you know, the first one to get there is going to win. And Twitter is proving that the only things that come up and then seem to really take on a life of their own, things like TikTok, which are doing something at least slightly differently. I mean, Twitter had the opportunity to be Instagram and to be TikTok, but they just didn't. Instagram had the opportunity to be TikTok, but, you know, didn't. And You have to do something different. You can't just go, well, hey, I'm going to do the same damn thing that Twitter's doing and put up a new website and people are going to flock to me because I say you won't get you won't get kicked off or you won't get shadow banned. Well, nobody's going to see your messages. That's the problem with all of these social medias is that anybody that's using them wants to be where the people are. Wasn't
0: Parler already getting flack for kicking people off and, and muting people within like 10 hours of their launch?
2: I don't know. sounds about yeah. right i think I, it's I, uh isn't it an israeli company
0: i i honestly haven't put a lot of thought into that platform but i remember the i remember the, the, the one day when there were stories coming out coming out about parlor a new right wing something something launch and i'm like okay right wing not gonna listen and then well what they the mean very, by
1: right wing is free speech is that's now right wing
0: well that that's what that's what yes that's what most you know the Right wing means free speech in the same way that that people use the word journalist to mean blogger.
1: Well, a lot of bloggers are better journalists than the actual journalist. Yeah.
0: And I, I just remember the day that the day that I saw the announcement and had I'd never paid attention or heard of it before that uh, it, later, only, you know, half a day later. I remember reading stories about how Parler was now uh, kicking people off for, you know, trolling in, uh, in the I guess the other direction so uh, left wing trolling I'm not sure but people were were trolling and like you know saying talking shit about the the CEO or whoever and getting banned for it and I'm like okay so not an open platform just a platform with a different ideological bent
1: check yes which I mean it makes sense at least to me I mean one you can't uh, you can't put yourself out there saying you're not censoring people if you are but When you launch something like this, you know, this is the this is the time of resist. This is the time of disrupt. Do you think you could really launch a right wing social media like that and not be overrun with leftists who are trying to fry you the minute it starts? No.
0: Well, the the only reason that the, the Twitter and Facebook and the other left wing social media sites have become very, very, very good at censoring people, which is the only reason they're not being overrun with right-wing idiots who are, are trawling. And, and they're arguably they are, but they are really aggressive about uh, censoring anything that doesn't come out looking like it came out of an SJW training manual.
1: Yeah. Well, it's getting well, further stopping, and
0: further.
2: What's stopping the, uh, you know, super best friends of the podcasting world and the, you know, YouTube world. Like, What's stopping Alex Jones, Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, Tim Poole, Adam Curry, on and on to pool their resources and just set up their own version of YouTube that's free and open? I mean, I know like um, BitChute exists and then Alex Jones set up band.video yeah, and there's TV, but yeah, but it's, I, um, but it's not, most of them aren't to where anybody can upload except for BitChute. And that one well, I, has its I, own issue. I issues.
0: mean, I, I'm. I'm certain okay, first of all, I'm I'm certain that there are probably ten thousand YouTube alternatives out there and nine thousand nine hundred and ninety of them uh, we've never heard of because that's what the long tail is like. Uh and But that's because the, they don't
2: have somebody like Rogan with their name attached to it, or Elon Musk or whoever maybe. that's a free speech absolutist.
0: Uh so I'll 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 start with uh YouTube has the network effect and the network effect is incredibly popular. It is the network effect is the thing that says uh, we're all going to go to this platform because that's where everyone is, which is, makes the largest platforms incredibly sticky and the smaller platforms have a huge uphill road to climb. And so the you know, the first thing that that is a huge impediment to anybody trying to come up with any kind of of alternative to YouTube or is the network effect. All the videos are on YouTube, so everybody goes to YouTube. And why would you even look at this other one? BitChute's still having that problem. Uh, you know the 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 method you propose is take somebody who is wildly popular like Rogan or Curry or or Jones and have them try to bring people over in mass and see if you can overcome that initial hurdle of the network effect. And honestly, I think that the reason that it hasn't happened is the the same reason whenever somebody looks at at a software product like Windows and is like, "How come this feature doesn't exist?" and uh. I'll just go back to the default state for any feature is not implemented um, until somebody does it. I don't know. Why don't why don't you get crazy popular and and do that? I think it would be awesome. I'd, I'd sign on.
2: <laughs> well, as I said to Larry on a show or two ago, like the key to not getting censored partially is, you know, stay under the radar. Make sure a m- maximum 500 people know who you are in the world. And, you know, you don't have a target on your back easiest way
1: that's probably true and for everybody that was listening to our last episode when somebody was sending me booze but i didn't know who it was larry of course it was larry larry's the best Sent some irish whiskey and celebrating of the 100th episode of my random thoughts podcast r-a-n-d-u-m-b thoughts.com way wait, wait to dispel the rumors that it was me oh trying to milk those there were rumors see I, I said you don't even have my address i mean we've only podcasted together for you know, ninety-two episodes now or so, but uh yeah, I don't give you my address. I don't want you to know where I live. I mean, there's the I don't PO even box. Know how to
0: pronounce Mokina?
1: Right. Well, that's right. That was actually correct. Congratulations.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I don't even know how to pronounce Mokina.
1: <laughs> a lot of people do. And uh there was a is a town here where I was originally from too. That the Dvorak Butcher, somebody actually does send money in from there. So it's always interesting to hear the uh, the way names of towns are said differently in different areas. And who's to say? Who's actually right? But when it comes to Rogan, I think this is interesting because the concept here with Rogan going to Spotify, I I get it. A hundred million bucks is the number that keeps getting thrown around, although I don't believe there's ever been anybody that has that with real knowledge that confirms that number. But we know it's a pretty big number. But this was just like Taylor Swift leaving Big Machine Records, who was the, you know, the record the company that she started with. And I didn't understand why she went to Universal Music because Universal Music's just another big record company that wants to make money off you as an artist. And I get it. That's the capitalistic system. But when you are the largest pop star in the world as Taylor Swift is, why don't you just start your own damn label? Joe Rogan, same thing. Why would you go to Spotify? And this is, you know, over a few years, whatever this deal is for. But the reality is, You know, he could have been the guy. He could have been the guy, hire a couple people like uh, Chris is talking about here and start a platform that would be much bigger, that would bring in money from other people, you know, contributing to it. And this was, I think, maybe a little short sighted or it's just way too much of a, you know, much too much, too much of a pain in the ass to try to compete with the big guys. I don't know. I would have thought Rogan, if anybody was able to to just
2: take that paycheck and, you know, yeah. rub your hands
1: and and, and i
0: imagine and i imagine that the uh, the uh the main the real reason behind the scenes of you know why go with the big giant behemoth instead of starting your own and the answer almost certainly includes dollar signs
1: it has to because we know there's no question about it rogan just lost audience share by going only to spotify sure some people like me who only watch certain episodes will still be able to find those episodes on a pirate site somewhere so no big deal but the guys and gals and everything in between that were rogan listeners who were tuning in to every episode if they watched it on youtube the video or if you listen to the mp3s via whatever podcasting app you wanted the fact that you're now locked in and only able to see these or listen to these via a spotify app i'm guessing 20 maybe even more percent of his listener base disappears because they were the ones that were like well i like to listen to joe every few episodes or if there's somebody on that looks interesting i'll check it out but they're not the people that were like totally rogan fans that can't miss it no matter what and those people or, i think or, you lose or Look the, at the ones inverse who are, of that though go ahead
0: the, uh, oh i i was gonna say or or the ones who are uh, they have their Spotify app on their or their, they have their YouTube app on their smart TV and they just know that this YouTube is how I get to content and see right. see previous concept about the network effect. And and they, you know, or or they could just be like me as like, I don't want yet. I don't want to download yet another app and install something else and create another account for, you know what? I, I'm listening to too many podcasts already. I'm listening to too many shows. I'm subscribed to too many channels. Uh, I, I can let this one drop off.
2: Right, but if Rogan's the biggest in the world, the opposite effect would also be. You know, the, I guess the number you gave, Darren, was twenty percent of Rogan's audience might not transfer over to Spotify, but also maybe you know ten percent of Rogan's audience just stops using YouTube altogether, which is a good amount. Which I, is true.
0: I don't see that likely. There, there. YouTube has way too much content that I and the the number of people who just stop using it altogether is going to be very low. Uh, I do. I do, however, choose to see this as an opportunity, though. Uh, what you're saying here is that 20 percent of Joe Rogan's audience, which is a huge number, are now searching for other podcasts to listen to. And here we are.
1: Yes. <laughs> we're a little podcast. Down. Yeah. Come on down. We're we're free on your podcast app. We don't we don't make you watch video. We're not that kind. We have you come in. Although the Rogan thing, I thought this was. Kind of hilarious. What kind of bad press do you think Apple's getting over this from uh everybody's asking why Adam Curry's episode and he did the first episode in the new studio? Like when's when's it when's it dropping, man? When's the episode dropping? Well, Jamie, the guy that does all the stuff for Joe, posted that their brand new Mac Pro is no bueno. I guess according to the Podfather, then the motherboard is fried. And Apple said they can't even look at it until Thursday of this week because you know Rona. Now here is a guy. that is is sexist. Yeah, I, that's well. Yeah, I suppose it is. We should change that terminology. But think of that, the Joe Rogan Show. I'm like, don't you, well, first my my initial flippant answer was, well, don't they have a backup Mac Pro in case the first one goes bad? So I went to the Apple so, uh, store. Now, have either of you ever looked at the price of the new Mac Pro? I, I try not to. Okay. I went in and I selected the Mac Pro and then I maxed out everything that I could. So
0: uh, I'm betting you're pushing five figures there.
1: You're well correct. You want to take a guess with a fully the the biggest, baddest Mac Pro that you could configure on the Apple store maxed out of everything. Let's let's buy a little uh, prices. Right. You're going twelve thousand. What are you going with, uh, sir? Seat sitter, eighty thousand. Well, you went over, but you were probably <laughs> closer. It was fifty something thousand, like 54, th- <laughs> <laughs> 54 grand or fifty five. It was a yeah. lot of I, money. I, I, I,
0: and in cases like that, no, you don't get a
1: second one. No. Well, that's it. It's like, oh, I and, don't. You have a backup machine because you the know machines- what? If
0: I pay, if I pay that much for a fucking computer. Then when my motherboard goes bad, Steve Jobs had better be crawling out of his grave <laughs> to come over here and fucking fix
1: it for me. Yeah, yeah that's exactly that much right. Money. Sir Spencer, NetNed, everybody in the troll room's like, oh, my God. It's like, that's for a computer. Yeah. For a Mac Pro. Well, here's the,
2: <laughs> if the Mac Pro is fried and they recorded it, the Curry episode on the Mac. Does that mean there's a chance the episode got lost? I'm sure they can recover it. if I, The hard drive got fraud.
1: That is the question. I mean, it all depends on if there's encryption on, if the encryption is tied to the motherboard, which I would hope it's not. Uh, but this is the, these are the kind of issues you might run into. Imagine that. But yeah, it's, it's holding up production of Joe's new multimillion dollar Spotify experience because Apple no bueno, the machine failed and, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking if you pay fifty five thousand for a machine and it fails, like for the first show you're processing on it, um, especially once they found out it was Rogan, whoever, what's Tim Cook? Is he still the head of Apple now? I I would have been personally bringing a new one to Rogan Studio.
0: I, I'm, I'm still doing my processing on a uh, a six year old Ryzen with, uh, well with. I, I don't, I'm not even running Windows 10. I don't I don't understand what you it, there there was a time 10, 15 years ago where uh, every single time there was a, a hardware change came out. You absolutely had to get the the updates. You had to get the new hardware because software was so complicated that it all just like the new software packages didn't run worth a crap on old hardware. You always had to. And about 10 years ago, that stopped being anything anybody cared about because there is very little software out there that can't run on older machines anymore. now audio you know, video editing and some really heavy crunch. It can take a lot of memory, but it, yeah, he, he, eight gigabytes in in this old computer and it seems to uh crunch feature length mp 3s just fine
1: yeah i would hope so i mean i'm doing you know i've done a little video i've got 64 gig in this machine which seems to still be pretty much the top end i was looking the other day because the the wife's computer is getting a little bit long in the tooth and i'm like well how long have i had the one the machine that i'm on here this dell and it was three years ago now that i got this thing through a, a deal at Costco and Costco still has the same machine, just updated now, still the same exact price. I think it was like 1699 with 64 gig of RAM with the M2 drive with another, you know, data drive in there. And, uh, yeah, like, oh, maybe it's just time to buy another one. I don't know. It just, uh, it just works, but there's still i7s. I mean, usually the chips were moving along so quickly that, uh, you know, like you said, a few years made a huge difference in CPU and memory. Not really sure they do now. And there's nothing that you're doing real time that you need that kind of processing for. Now, if you're doing 4K video or more and you're doing a lot of rendering, then yeah, you'll save yourself time. But uh, you know, does it is it really necessary? No. I mean, really just to give you an idea, it takes, I think, about a half hour or so when we do a Grumpy old benz for it to do all of the processing which it it doesn't even make that big of a sound difference. I think it makes it a little bit better for the final product, but it goes through and there is a, you know, a filter, for instance, that does plosives, even though neither one of us is really bad with that. If it finds a plosive, it'll, you know, soften that out. And it'll make sure if there's any, are are you asking for more? No, no. That I mean, the machine couldn't take it as a challenge, but even that, you know, it takes a half hour. So just to process the audio, I guess, you know, if that half hour turned into 15 minutes would that make my life better it's like well probably not because i just let it go then go get lunch and then come back and it's done but i mean it's always nicer to have bigger faster better computers and obviously the joe rogan shows finding out that the top of the line apple is just awesome it's it's a door <laughs> you remember style. the
2: onion movie the onion movie yeah like the there news in america's movie? finest yes it was goofy as hell it was early 2000s it was basically uh just a 2 hour news report with a bunch of sketches but they had this uh
0: the beige computer
2: pretty funny um it's real goofy it wouldn't be made today also very unpolitically correct <laughs> uh,
0: well the, but, the uh, Onion has has gone completely they took a hard left turn too
2: yeah no the the, uh, the current writers at the onion would um you know probably kill themselves if they saw this movie and knew it existed but the uh, the original onion oh, movie so they have this what you're saying about, is we
0: need to introduce them to it
2: yeah <laughs> I, re- I recommend it. Um, don't go in with super high expectations, but you know, it's got Steven Seagal
1: as cock puncher. Oh, we'll um, see now right there. You just raised expectations.
0: <laughs> There's your elevator but, uh, pitch. Uh-huh. What, what is this movie about? Yeah. Well, it's got Steven Seagal as cock
1: puncher. Yes. <laughs> it, I'm in. Get me two more. Give me, get me a, yeah, we got to have at least a, two more uh, follow-ups to that.
2: Yeah. They have a whole segment on literally, uh, rarely known st- uh, stereotypes. For example, all blacks love Laffy Taffy. Uh, it's really good but anyways the point of the reason I brought that up is they had this whole sketch about the Bates computer this was like early 2000s I think it was like the Bates you know Microsoft and you know he buys like the Bates 2000 this guy talks it up he's like oh it's the newest and best and by the time he gets it out to his car he's hearing a commercial for the Bates 3000 on the radio Right. so he goes in and buys that and he gets it home he sees a commercial for the Bates 4000 on TV and it ends with like the Bates 9000 he just shows up at Bill Gates office and stabs him in the chest
1: i remember seeing this yes i remember seeing that (laughs) part on somewhere on the interwebs at some point but it's it's uh that was a lot more true about computer hardware years ago than it is now it's i think it is yeah we just got to the point to where everything normal people do on their computers don't need it to be faster everybody's just emailing and going to watch youtube videos
0: No, the computing resources that are in short demand these days are uh, bandwidth is probably the big one. Um, we, we still have not reached a point where everybody has gigabit and, and those are, those are business problems more than technical ones. Uh, the other resource on, on modern computers that is, uh, or at least, you know, is, is of note to anybody streaming is, uh, latency is, uh, uh, time critical ability, you know, Trying to process something for post-release is never a problem in in any hardware these days, you know, if it's anything reasonably modern. Uh, But, uh, you know, you've got a a $600 piece of hardware attached to your system because modern computers and modern operating systems cannot route audio in real time the way you need it to. Uh, Back when... When I was working on audio at Microsoft, one of the things that we uh, were constantly trying to tell people is Windows is not a real time operating system. Windows is it's designed to be pretty fast and it's designed to operate within the limits of of human reaction, which is about uh, two you know, 200 milliseconds or so. And it, so everything in Windows is tuned for if you can. You know, ideally 50 milliseconds, because that's, you know, blink of an eye, that's as fast as you can see. It, it, you can't see any latency below 50 milliseconds. So if you are watching something uh, or or interacting with something, if, if something can respond, uh, a UI interaction can respond within 200 milliseconds or uh, a screen update can respond within 50 milliseconds, that's good enough. And then and then they stop optimizing. Well, the problem is that with audio, as, as you well know, you know, audio samples have to be in place, you know, 44,000 times per second, which is, uh, it's not a hell of a lot of data, but that data absolutely has to be there. And if you, you know, you, you need for, for real time communication, for podcasting, for streaming of most types, uh, you, you know, streaming, you can usually get away with a nice long buffer to, to cover any hiccups or anything. But if you're doing two-way communication, like what we're doing now, you pretty much need sub 20 millisecond, uh, bouncing between in order to, to keep it, to keep from the conversation from getting awkward. And very few things in windows are tuned for anything lower than 50 milliseconds. And with, with audio, if you get you know, you click on the wrong icon and it decides to launch something and it spams the CPU for a half a second. Um, the, the video, you might hard, you know, video, you might hardly notice a frame stutter, especially if they've got a nice buffer, but audio half a second is the world. It's just, it, you know, the, the moment you run out of your buffer, you hit an impulse and it sounds awful. And everybody knows that. And windows architecture was just never designed to be able to handle that kind of low latency stuff, which is one of the reasons it's so hard to do in windows.
1: Yeah, it is hard to do. I'm I'm interesting. I'm looking at the stats here in both of the browser windows, getting a, a 98 millisecond network round trip to bemrose. And a 63 millisecond network round trip to uh, Chris. So you're definitely a little closer.
2: I have absolutely no fucking idea what you guys are talking about right now.
1: (laughs) It's in clean feed. If you click that little, uh, the little uh, multiple lines that look like. a, Oh, yes.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: It'll tell you what the round trip is of the sending a little packet that will go to the other person and then back. So you know how, what kind of delay or anything is going on. So I have a little bit better connection to tennessee than i do to you you're
0: you're about a thousand miles closer to tennessee also
1: yeah there you go this makes a difference but really it's amazing you guys
0: are practically next door neighbors i'm all the way out here on the left coast
1: Uh uh-huh but still only 90 well now 95 milliseconds. grilling out tonight darren if you want to swing by neighbor go and have a little bit of fun i mean if restaurants are open and people aren't dying left and right of the rona how is that possible that restaurants are even open i mean this seems like insanity how is some your state people
0: want to live dangerously? Yeah. How is your state? And, and some people want to live their lives without being having to be in fear all the time.
2: Had to get my tags renewed on the truck and they don't even have man mask mandates for inside the courthouse.
0: Wow. Oh, you know what? Tennessee's cool. starting to sound pretty fucking good right now.
1: There's there's something yeah. about freedom.
0: We, uh, we have uh, here in I, I've got I got two stories on my list from that that happened in my city, uh, which is outside of Seattle and is one of those cities that fortunately gets glossed over and nobody really knows it exists. It's the city of Everett, Washington. And, uh, one of them is a, a story about a bunch of ham radio operators. Um, I'm, I'm not sure who they are, but I'm pretty sure they're all named Karen, uh, who got together and put together a, uh, they, an undercover sting operation where they observed over a thousand locations in various places in the city in order to catalog and document exactly what level. Of mask compliance people are getting. So they went to grocery stores and you know, public you know, malls at outside areas where people walk through uh, and then presented this report to the city and said, Here are the documentation of every mask violation that we found and all of the businesses that that were not enforcing people to wear masks. And I'm like, okay, first of all, fuck you, Karen. And second, those are the only kind of businesses I want to go into. That's I I, I recently, uh, you know, we've got I, I'm about equidistant from our local Lowe's and our local Home Depot. And at a national level, Lowe's has made the decision that they are not going there. They are not going to ask their salespeople to be mask enforcers. And so, um, you know, you go into Home Depot and there's somebody, uh, you know, standing guard at the entrance who's all going to get in your face if you're not wearing a fucking diaper on it. And then I go into Lowe's and I go in without a mask and I ask my questions and I get my stuff and I, you know, I properly stay away from people because I don't want to make them nervous or anything, but I'm not wearing a damn diaper and nobody says anything. So you know what? I'm shopping at Lowe's these
1: days. You're right. Harry hamster. It is mask confusion there. The other day, the game between the uh, Washington Nationals and the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta, the Washington Nationals general manager was sitting alone in a suite on like the second or third level. An umpire looked up, saw he wasn't wearing a mask. They called security to have him removed. Major League Baseball has jumped the shark. Uh, you, you know,
0: I, it, security in this case is definitely someone I would want to socially distance from.
1: I Still want to know because I, we've brought this question up when these concepts of, you know, these states where you could walk outside and literally be a mile or more away from the next person that are going, well, we're going to mandate anybody that goes outside wears a mask. And I'm just really starting to think there is such ignorance of how a respiratory virus spreads that somebody yeah. thinks that, you know, say Chris there in uh, Tennessee could walk outside of Oop. his house and just like cough into the air and and then at my house you know here a thousand miles away whatever oh, he can, is it would, you, you
0: can get the rona from me coughing into the microphone right now really and i don't even have it
1: you, everybody has the rona even oh, dead people a lot everybody, of dead people. everybody no, everybody the, the, the
2: rona only trans, uh, can only be transmitted over skype clean feed safe
1: oh see clean feed. Oh, <laughs> Hence the name clean. Right. It's got the virus scrubbing <laughs> capabilities built right in. See, so yeah, we, oh, we're, we're good then. Yeah. We pay extra for that. And
0: then you, you've heard yeah. about, you've heard about the, the restaurant, uh, group in New York city who are now suing the state Yes, because, or, uh, suing the city because, uh, well, uh, the, the, the particular article that or every article I found was talking about this one guy who uh, is on long Island and he is inside of the, one of the New York city boroughs, but he's 500 feet from the border and he is not allowed any indoor dining whatsoever because he's in New York city and 500 feet away. Restaurants are being opened with, you know, he was, he was envious because the other restaurants are allowed to open with 30% capacity or something like that. Uh, but the, the real thing that caught my eye was, uh, a uh, Cuomo I think, or de blasio one of those people they're they're interchangeable you know all these dictators are um saying that the only way that we can ever open up any restaurants in New York City ever again is if we step up enforcement of social distancing and uh and the interview was from Cuomo and it said he The only way that he can see that happen is if we create a new task force, at least 4000 people in New York City to enforce social distancing. And I'm like, okay, first of all, you've got somebody in New York City that already has the mandate of enforcing laws. But of course, you cannot be seen to increase the police because that would not be political. So he wants to create a brand new bureaucracy with the mandate of just enforcing social distancing and masks for Thousand people, so that you can allow these restaurants to open up at thirty percent capacity.
2: Like there's the that Gunner many people left. Yeah,
0: New York's I'm just dying. I'm
2: waiting on the new South Park season to start. That first, <laughs> there hasn't been an episode yet in 2020. I'm. It's just gonna. It's gonna like really just make the year know, so much they, stupidity going they, on they, that they needs might, the piss taken out of it.
0: They might actually be able to pull it off because if if anyone is. Uh, uh, you know a willing to satirize this bullshit and be too big to cancel it south park it
1: yeah i mean they, anybody they else did,
0: who uh, tries to satirize this gets canceled
2: they've been making fun of black lives matter for three seasons so i don't see why COVID's any different
1: well now it's gonna get serious people are getting not very amused by these kind of things you have to be you have to be have to be removed from whatever platform you're on although the fact that there's no live Action television shows coming back because you know COVID, so nobody's recording shows. It is really going to be the death knell for the whole Hollywood, for the whole entertainment thing, the concept and, of and new shows. I, I
0: can't tell you how broken up and and distraught I am about the idea that Hollywood as it is might die. Oh, wait, yeah. I'm not.
2: Good riddance. I mean, cartoons are
1: way better anyway. You know, people need I, the distraction. And there's really no place to get it, but you know, well, I, I,
0: the the good stuff is not coming out of Hollywood anyway. All of the best shows are coming out of uh, uh, you know, Vancouver or Toronto or Atlanta or uh, they, I don't know what. Okay, is let's not get ahead in, of
2: let's not get carried away here.
0: Well, Has okay, Canada
2: it, ever produced anything good besides like Trailer Park Boys?
0: Some of the best sci-fi out there is produced in Canada. I just finished watching uh, Travelers, which is is all produced and filmed in vancouver bc uh you know part part of what i like about it is is i look at a skyline and there a lot of them they'll they'll be like well this is actually set in seattle but and then you look at it and like that's not the seattle skyline that's vancouver but they they can seattle is the one that a lot of them will say because it's exactly the same climate and the same geography and whenever you have some establishing shot there will be a wooded mountain or hill in the background and that's both places but yeah, I I mean I I watch a lot of shows that all the I don't know why all of the the you, they're not they're not like the the huge budget with the all the but there's there's good stories being told which is the kind of TV I want that are being filmed in places that are not California.
1: All they need is really like a cardboard space needle just sitting in back. Nobody'll know the difference.
0: So, so I I've, I've seen establishing shots of things that are very clearly the Vancouver skyline with a space needle just dropped in
1: see that's all you need that's it's enough to fool a vast majority of people because people are able to be fooled and there's a story that i've had on the list for a few shows we never end up getting to it i think this could be a fun one to uh, talk about the fact that the fbi said that 475 million dollars was lost to romance scams in 2019. And I'm guessing that's a low number. But if you want to talk about people being too trusting or being too uh, just naive to understand that, like everything else, when it comes to fraud, there's a whole business of people that are doing nothing but looking through dating sites and social media, hoping to find somebody that looks like they're enough of a mark. To be able to get their, you know, tentacles into them, and then get them to send cash, gift cards, it, money, Bitcoin, whatever.
0: I, every time that I look at one of these dating sites, the the my first thought is is do have people lost the ability to go out and and meet other people face to face anymore? Yes, I mean we we're, we're well, not allowed anymore this year, but. <laughs>
1: Yes, I, I think even without the covid, I think, yes, I think there is a strong move. And whether you want to just say this is a millennial problem, I don't really think it is. But they're the they're the ones who seem to be the poster boys and girls for they would rather text than have face to face communication. Well, I, I, they
0: don't. I, I met the person who became my wife at a, a LARPing activity and then in like 1998, and then again on IRC after we'd lost touch, so it's not hard to find venues where you can interact with people in in an organic matter. You don't have to to sift through. I don't know, just the idea of sifting through someone's profile before trying to meet them and and hoping that you're you're getting a life partner just seems doomed to fail.
1: Yeah, and rightfully so. But this is what things are going to, especially. The other thing millennials seem to have in common is that they don't like any kind of conflict. So I don't know how you ask somebody out because the answer might be no. And if the millennials don't, I mean, I guess maybe it's great because the girls will never say no because they don't want conflict. So somebody's like, "You want to go out, baby?" They're just like, "Oh, I don't want conflict." So okay, well, they
0: they they don't want face to face conflict. They're they're yeah, you know, it's. It's funny when, and then this is this is an inevitable result of any kind of situation where political correctness seeps in. Is the the end result is always a significant increase in passive aggressiveness? For example, uh, I I I don't know if this is true of of the Canadians the Scandinavians that are in our community, but uh, at least in Vancouver, uh, uh, polite on the outside and passive aggressive as fuck inside. And when you when you introduce a dating site where no you know nobody wants to talk to each other individually, but you can still go and you'd be like, "Oh yeah I don't know I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but the the point is that there are there are a lot of people out there who would never ever ever have any kind of conflict to your face and would never say." In any kind of way where you can see the reaction, anything negative, and then they'll go out on sites like Instagram or somewhere and just fucking rip on you. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm disgusted. Maybe, maybe I'll come back with when I've had rational thought on this, but it's gross that people would be passive aggressive and try to talk behind each other's backs instead. You know, you got something to say to me, say to my face, that's all I'm saying.
1: Well, yeah, the internet makes it way too easy to go in the other direction. Which is why people do it, especially those who don't use their real name or anything that's attached to them. And from almost now since the start of things like Twitter, probably ten years or more, we've been hearing rumblings of, you know, governments like the United States and all this wanting to make this whole concept of anonymity online a thing of the past. Where you have to register. Oh, you want to get onto you know, Twitter. Well, they're going to have to verify your license or whatever it is. And I, I don't had to believe-
2: do that to uh, get back on Twitter after they suspended me. I had to firm my phone number, which I've never done for any social media. Or oh, there's,
0: there's no fucking way. <laughs> <I would not laughs> but they yeah. like, nope. You don't deserve that information, and I don't need to be on your platform. I. I have a different opinion on whether or not Twitter's worth being on though than
2: you do. Right. That way, if I ever say "retard" again on Twitter, they'll they'll call me up. I guess I don't know what the phone number does.
0: (laughs) Well, good. Then you can have some good interpersonal conflict. Well, because each
1: each person you can only. I mean, it's only easy enough to gather a few different phone numbers, and I've realized this. You know, even with things like Google Voice, because they want to verify it with a real phone number, so they are making it harder than maybe it used to be to get like 10 different phone numbers without a problem. So what they're doing with the phone number on Twitter is like, well, if you go under under a different account and get banned, well you can't use that same phone number to get unbanned. So they'll be like, well no, you're this is already tied to another account. And I get that. But the anonymity I think is a good thing. I do understand that it will cause problems yeah. because people when they're able to hide their identity can be much more of a dick. They'll say things that they wouldn't say if they thought it was going to be attached to their real name and persona. And that is a big part of you know identity on the Internet. And that's how these romance scams work. And I don't know how people fall for this. I mean, I get how they fall for the initial thing, because you have to assume if you're going to do dating, I guess, on the Internet, that the person you're communicating with, at least at the start, You have to go, well, I'm just until I realize that this isn't the truth, I have to believe that they're similar to the person that's being represented here. But how these scams usually work are you never meet the person. It goes on for weeks where you're just communicating via text or via, you know, sometimes voice. If the if the scammers are female makes it a little easier if you're going after a guy. But you you go weeks and then usually there's a sob story. It's either something like one of the most popular ones is, you know, oh, I'm overseas and I can't get home because I don't have the money. Can you wire me a thousand bucks? And people do. I don't get how somebody that you've never actually met and confirmed are real, that enough people send money that this is upwards of a half a billion dollars a year that people well, are being it, screwed out of
0: don't don't slam on the idea too much that's how we're making our donations here on grumpy old ben's well, no we're not pretending to be somebody
1: we're not well we're i i'm pretending to be sir bemrose you are sir bemrose that that you know of i know i've gotten proof your wife sent me your dna then i sent it to one of those places uh, i <laughs> these people look <are> crazy
0: <laughs> yeah you you should probably discard that um the it came from a cup that hadn't been cleaned very well. I oh,
1: that I believe that. I believe your wife said you're kind of a slob.
0: You, you reminded me of, Damn. uh, you reminded me of, uh, something that, that was, it came out of the comic penny arcade years and years ago, but it still remains true. It's very insightful. Uh, it's called, uh, John Gabriel's greater internet Fuckwad theory. Are you familiar with this?
1: I am not, but it sounds like it's a good theory.
0: Well, the, the theory is that you take normal person plus anonymity plus audience. And the result is you get a total fuckwad. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's kind of what we've been talking about is the idea that uh, you, you do not have the, the basic intersocial or I- I- social, interpersonal consequences for what you say on the internet. You know, if, if you go into uh, a, you know a tavern or a restaurant or you know a a public forum a, a physical place and you go out and you call somebody a dick and you question their mom's parentage and things like that then you're going to get smacked and that you know that is the the kind of just implied consequence to what you're saying that does not exist in online forum and and that's the reason you know, if, if you go on to an especially an anonymous forum and you tell somebody that, you know, you'd say the worst possible horrible things in, in imaginable, then there are no social consequences for that. So you're not trained not to be a dick. And I think that that has happened to the entire Internet generation.
2: Yeah, you're encouraged. Yeah, but actually. at the same time, we got QAnon. and on. I mean, we get like anonymous forums, you know, sometimes cool stuff happens. Get like uh, uh,
0: th- that's the good side to anonymity. That, you know, I I I can go into an entire theory about why anonymity is so important in uh, a greater society. Uh, it it has to do with uh, totalitarianism and and whether or not authority figures can uh it can control what you're doing. But I I think I'll just stop and sit here and say uh, the reason this was the reason that Facebook instituted their real name policy where everybody on Facebook is quote unquote required to use their real name and how's that working out nobody everybody's nice to each other on facebook right
2: <laughs> no what do you think it, about the what do you think about the silk road though well i
0: i i think that 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 is absolutely necessary i think uh if you if you don't want some kind of uh, of dictatorial control then you have to have anonymity and i I I have never personally used the Silk Road, but I am very happy that it existed or it exists. I don't know if it still does.
2: I think it's gone. Uh, they had a 2.0 for a while, but
0: besides Assange, sure I think
2: been... Trump needs to pardon. Uh, Trump needs to pardon Ross Ulbricht, and we need to get some uh, something uh, like that up again. I, I
0: I'd love to see that happen. Um, but be aware that while Trump is definitely fighting the the leftist authoritarians right now, uh, he's no libertarian. Uh. He's, he 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 has different opinions that that happen to be aligned with the idea that this new uh, totalitarianism being pushed by the left is bad and needs to be curbed. But if if Trump really has his way, then the utopian ideal world that he creates is not going to be the the one where everybody has open freedoms. It's where everybody is allowed to do different things.
2: Yeah, we knew that back when he was running and he was bitching it that the FBI didn't have backdoor access to iPhones like Apple.
0: Well, I I had stories about that one, too.
1: Well, yeah. Is there really any way to be anonymous on the Internet fully and completely? I don't think so.
0: Well, it's just about how much effort you're going to put in.
1: Right. And you need to put in a lot of effort, I think, in order to to be fairly certain that you can be anonymous to the point to where you should probably run an operating system in a virtual machine that you only use for con you know your communications on the internet, as we've talked about with the uh, what the Panopticlick site which goes through and it does a really nice job of trying to get a fingerprint on the machine that you're using. it's never been able to get one on mine well, you'd have to you know plug it in. Well,
0: uh, uh, I actually with Panopticlick, it's really easy. Uh, their site, like most of the fingerprinting techniques out there, require you to be able to run third party code on your system. And I don't have uh, JavaScript for that shit.
2: <laughs> we had uh, Paul, the book guy on a 6 pack yesterday, and he made a good point. It's like, even when you're using the Tor browser, almost every website when you're using Tor makes you do like 18 Google Captcha tests. That Those are horrible. It's the
0: worst fucking technology. Yeah, I it so. I, I I I generally am uh, on the side of the small webmaster who just wants to get their site going, but anybody who puts that up deserves to have their site shut down.
1: Well, the reality is, is also that websites now can block any content they w- or any connections they want coming from. The Tor browser is coming from VPNs and there are services that will allow them to do that. I ran across a site that was a photo sharing site and it was like, oh, no, anything with anonymous IP can't use it. So I'm like, I'll try, you know, Nord VPN didn't work.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but trying to figure out which are the VPN e- exit points is can be a game of whack-a-mole. Oh, of course.
1: But they seem to be doing a really good job of it. And then I found because I was researching this, like, well, how, how are you doing this? Because there's a lot of VPNs, like you said. There's a lot of you know, exit points. There's a lot of tour exit points. And it seems like there are services out there, companies that do nothing but this and then provide the lists. And uh, it seems to be working fairly well. And I wonder if this is not what we're going to start running into more of for any website that has comments and things like that. It may go that extra step from where it is right now. We're like, oh, maybe you need to you know, have an email address that they can confirm and then the, the real pain in the ass and they send you a code and you go through all the hoops. The next step, I think, will be, oh, well, no, you're on a VPN or you're on Tor. We're just not going to allow you to take part in any of this online conversation because now we'll, we'll know who you are, because if you can't use either of those services, if there really is a technological way to stop people from using Tor or VPN, to access things then you have to be trackable there's no other way around it
0: everything in computer security and in computer privacy is is an arms race it's you come up with a new technology to protect your anonymity online and then somebody else comes up with a way to break through those protections and then somebody else comes up with a new protection and then somebody else eventually develops a way to get around that and it's you know the the reason why you know you have to the, the reason why you're you're supposed to keep updating your software over and over and over again for example is every time that somebody comes you know on one side comes up with an uncrackable security procedure somebody on the other side will eventually crack it and the entire way that society doesn't go insane is that there's at least a delay between them. And we're living in the moments where, okay, right now, VPNs are the thing to go. And then pretty soon VPNs are going to be compromised. And next it'll be some other technology. And before this, it was uh you know, network address translation. And before that, it was just not entering your name on a form. And eh, there, something will come along.
2: That is what you just said is precisely why. I can't fucking stand it when Joe Rogan always says, like, why can't we just vote online, like, with our phones, man?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yikes. Yikes. I can tell you why. Massive fraud.
0: Here here on the left coast, we can't even vote by mail without fraud, and we've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah.
2: You got to get the hell out of there, man. That's that. that I know. The country's about to sink into
1: the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) If only. With or without help,
0: Washington State has been all mail-in voting for I think 14 years now, and uh, coincidentally, the Democrats have had a super majority in the legislature for most of that time, and had the governor's mansion for probably a good 35 years now.
1: Voting online, oh my god! Well, this was kind of like the everybody going after Trump. For trying to shut down the in-person census stuff because, you know, it's gone on long enough. Let's stop hassling people and these people that are going against them, including Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago, who was like, oh, we're fighting against this, this. And I'm like, who the hell is stopping your constituents from filling out their census forms? I don't understand. I mean, this is uh, this is not a hard thing to do. uh, Unless my wife, I don't
2: even believe Lightfoot's a real
0: person. (laughs) He may not be. (laughs) Well, I'm I believe she's a real person. I'm not convinced she's human. It's. I think she just might be
2: like a She's like a cartoon oh, character. I feel like she's like a deep. Have you seen her in person?
0: No, no,
1: no, I haven't. Yeah, exactly. I, I assume
0: Darren has because nope.
1: he knows everyone in Chicago. Almost. Yeah. Only the ones that have the really good rib joints. Yes. You got to have priorities, but yeah, I didn't understand this. The concept is like, if the people haven't filled out their census information yet, They're probably not going to. And that's your issue.
0: I I have uh, a a very rational incentive to not fill out any census information. And that is that uh, under the assumption that for the next 10 years, the state of Washington is going to be permanently locked to a party that I think is destroying the country. uh, I am absolutely incentivized to that to make sure that the population of washington is undercounted because if enough people do that they lose seats in congress
1: you could have just filled out the census and put zero because you don't you don't identify as a human being yes that's the leftist you know i sure as fuck don't identify as a washingtonian anymore see there you go that might have made more sense uh
2: last i heard uh, nick the rat came out of the sewers to do the census in brooklyn one of the census
1: workers you know, I, I didn't fill it out, didn't fill it out. Finally, one of the bozos showed up at my front door and just kept ringing the doorbell. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just go online and, and I'll, See, I'll comply. You,
0: you you didn't prepare. You you are. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are ill. You are ill prepared to dodge people like that. For example, I don't have a doorbell.
1: See that. OK, that maybe is a good idea. I should have an electric Giant. fence in front of the front door, too. <laughs> and a gun. Where, where I'm yeah. sitting, electric I fence, am, gun, gone. Bo- wh- booby traps. Wh-
0: where I'm sitting, <laughs> I am uh, one floor directly above the front door. So I can hear people knocking when I'm sitting here. But the nice thing is they have no idea that I'm home. So I could just peek out the window above them, look down and be like, oh, I don't know who that is. They'll leave something. If they, you know, they, they can leave packages underneath the deck. It, but if, if it's a government looking vehicle, I'm like, yeah, well, you know they'll, they'll leave a message.
1: But they're they're, they're they're mad about that now with the census stuff. It's like, but everybody has a chance if they want to. The, the concept that you have to the, all of these people, you have to track them down like you're hunting them and ask them the questions is just idiotic. I don't know. Uh, it's again it's supposed to be a free country, right? But you're being forced to do things that doesn't seem free. That does not seem free. Census masks, all this other stuff going on. It you know this this concept that you can't go from one state to another without quarantining and all of this stuff does not sound like a, a free country anymore. And people are and going, don't
2: even get me started on circumcision. Am I right?
1: <laughs> hey, whatever you want
0: to do there. I I I think it's a little bit late in life to be starting on circumcision.
1: <laughs> it's never too I didn't late. Consent to that. <laughs> well, then you deserve reparations.
0: What they you mean, you just do not wait to send the police to your house to chop your testicles off. what are they You just don't now? remember signing the
1: forms, right? Yeah, you gave them a handprint. That was enough. You, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure. Let's see, take a look.
0: You should have. You should have you asserted your legal right to make decisions for yourself instead of having your parents make them for you.
1: I know. Yeah,
2: it's, this is a crazy off-topic one-off, but you buy into the theories that like when people go through hypnosis or have dreams about uh, like getting experimented by on by aliens in a ufo that it's actually because there was a memory imprint from their first memory at birth in the hospital of having doctors like standing over them
0: i have to say i had never considered that sounds like something
1: um, nick the rat would have looked into
0: i yeah, you know <laughs> what i i could go with it i I'm, I'm willing to hear evidence and, and uh, an argument for it what do you got is it just just, uh, a theory, it just a,
2: it's just a theory i've heard and i'm oh. wondering if I mean, you you seem smarter than me. I was wondering if you had to take.
0: Well, see, that's totally well, untrue. I, I Yeah, I, it's not really <laughs> for me. It's not about smarter. It's it, in my case, it's curiosity. It's when when I hear a theory like that, then I'll go and look up like, OK, well, why do they say this and what what evidence is there? And if there is plausible evidence and this seems like a legitimate conclusion, then, OK, yeah, it could be. Uh, and if I can find nothing other than somebody on the Internet just said exactly what you did and there was no other evidence, then I'd be like, eh, I'm skeptical.
1: Well, your brain's aches back, you know, just a big hard drive. And sometimes things get corrupted. And whether it was actual experiences that you've had or even things that you've seen on television, movies, I believe all of these things you know show up. So it's it's interesting because so many people have claim to have the same experience but is that because they actually did or because they're the types that have read that multiple people had the same experience and then they wanted to have it too maybe subconsciously maybe consciously
2: but is your brain a hard drive or is it a radio
1: both uh mine mine's an ssd if it's failing don't do not super small dick yeah don't don't (laughs) don't defrag it too much
0: i you know i don't keep my penis in my head I don't keep anybody's <laughs> penis in my head. I don't know what you're doing. Okay, time and stamp for those of you who have uh, who have tuned into the podcast late because I just toss up my nojita social about this. Uh, we are uh, grumpy old Ben's and we are speaking with Sir Seat Sitter of the Abs in a Six Pack Podcast, otherwise known as Chris. That's
1: right. uh, I don't think anybody calls the podcast Chris. No, no, not the podcast, <laughs> but him personally. I don't think everybody just walks around and says, Hey, it's Sir Seat Sitter. Or maybe they do. I don't know. My I I would like to think that really? people do. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> I
0: no. I would like to think that everybody in the greater Nashville area, like when you're just walking around on the street with no mask on, is like, Hey, Sir Seat Sitter, how's it going?
1: Famous I'd all, like all through Nashville. Yeah. It's a nice town.
2: No, I haven't been to Nashville in like a year, but I'm sure if I went back, that's what would happen, no doubt.
1: I mean, there's some good places to get music. There's some decent. Well, no, nobody food. where you live knows who you are. I'm just saying, Nashville. That's a place to be. Well, and it's a very expensive city now compared to what it was like ten years ago. I I could sell my place
0: in Seattle and probably buy six acres and two mansions with two mansions on it in
1: Nashville. Do it, do it. Get down I, to get down to Tennessee, man. It about it, I am. Get down into the Smoky Mountains, man.
2: Dude, Nashville's the place to go. You got uh, you could be next door neighbors with like. Jack White and Billy Ray Cyrus <laughs> between the two of them.
0: <laughs> okay, so I said Nashville because I'm probably totally ignorant of geography, but you said you're in Murfreesboro.
2: I was. I did live in Murfreesboro for a while. Uh, I guess I can dox myself. I'm in Maryville now, but around here it's Merville. Um, uh,
0: okay, kind of close to the Smokies.
2: Yeah, yeah, and uh, about you know, 15 minutes from Knoxville. And then we got. If you go keep going east, you got Johnson City and uh, Gatlinburg, Sevierville, Pigeon Forge. That's the real touristy area.
1: I had no the idea there's the so many named places in Tennessee. Hell yeah! Which one has the best barbecue around you, though? Uh, see that he see honestly, he he yeah. talks himself, but he doesn't want to <laughs> piss off the barbecue folks in Tennessee. That's smart.
2: I uh, I I haven't really been to a barbecue place since I moved. I mean, I've only been here like. Uh, Month. So.
0: Okay, so I went ahead and pulled up in map, <laughs> and uh, Murfreesboro, which I I never realized it was spelled that way. It looks like it, it looks like somebody who'd never been who'd never <laughs> taken the alphabet class is the one who decided to spell this. I, for some reason, whenever John Dvorak mentioned it on the agenda, I always thought it was like M U R P H Y borough or something like that.
1: But no, no. Mur no.
2: Murphree's bro. Yeah, uh, wait till you
1: At, hear about Cock County. Oh God, <laughs> that was that's where, that's where pemrose needs to be. <laughs> and,
0: and and just going by this map, there's like three places in Tennessee. There's Memphis, Nashville, and Chattanooga. Chattanooga's a nice and may, place. Maybe Knoxville. Uh, so Murfreesboro is. Yeah, Murfreesboro, that's the main is, yeah, Murfreesboro the main is is in Nashville the same way that I'm in Seattle, or or Darren is in yeah. Chicago. Yes, outside
2: it's about area. a forty-minute drive to downtown from Murfreesboro downtown
0: Nashville.
2: okay yeah well yeah uh yeah tennessee's weird because it's it's just long and skinny sideways so it's like a pretty long drive from one end to the other but but north to
1: south boom you could be through it in a heartbeat
2: yeah yeah i think it's a almost a shorter drive to like two states away to ohio or illinois than it is to like arkansas on the other end of tennessee
1: yeah the last time i drove from like nashville to chicago i think it was about seven and a half hours you and your small states over there. Yeah. In our freedom. Yeah. Well, we used to have one of those. Why don't you why, really? Why aren't you out there protesting or counter protesting <laughs> as it will?
0: <laughs> because because I'm not suicidal. Uh, the the other story that I have about the city of Everett, Washington, uh, was one of the stories that popped up about uh, some uh, BLM people that were, uh, quote unquote, protesting in. Uh, in an intersection, and uh, they decided to cosplay speed bumps. Oh, um, the 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 video that like somebody filmed the video is it, with you know whoever was doing it was right right behind the camera, right next to the microphone with a super screechy voice. So what it was, you? you have to turn the volume. It wasn't me, oh, okay. But it it was the video title on YouTube said uh, Seattle protest turns violent as you know SUV driver you know rams protesters. And that's not what happened. The SUV drive, these assholes were standing in the middle of the intersection at rush hour. And this dude in an SUV is like inching forward, going, Can I get through? And they, you know, as soon as the person inched forward into the intersection, two of these retards jumped on the hood. And the person in the SUV who uh, legitimately fearing for their life because there've been too damn many stories about people pulled out of cars these days, yep. uh, decided to drive forward and and didn't do what I would have done, which was just fucking gun it. I'd be like hitting 50 go. How long can you hang on? <laughs> but this person, she just kind of inched through the intersection and moved. you know, but there were cops watching the protest. And the moment that this person went through the intersection with people on the hood, the cops rushed up to one pulled up in front of the person and one behind and uh, you know, the, the, the idiot on the hood is taking this giant sign that they were holding up and like pressing it against the windshield. So the driver didn't even realize that the, the cop was in front and managed to bump the cop car. Nice, And then, then the shrieky fucking voice on the camera is like, Oh my God, she ran the cop. She ran. And anyways, the, the thing is that it all said, you know, Seattle BLM protest, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at this and I'm like, that's downtown. That's two miles from here. That's right here in Everett. Yeah. So I got to get the fuck out of here so much.
1: Yeah, I don't. see yeah, I don't get the jumping on vehicles. I think that should be completely legal. If somebody jumps on your vehicle, whatever you want to do to them, including blowing their brains out, if you have a gun should be legal because they are at that point threatening your life.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, here's here's what I would do. And, and I don't know that this is what everybody should do. Uh, you know first of all if if i know that there's a bunch of idiots blocking the roadway i'm going to use a different route i'm just i don't want to be in this situation i never do uh but i do have a well first of all i have a dash cam on my car because the, the ability to prove what did and didn't happen when there's people out there scamming you is is huge and you you definitely want your own video record of what happened but if i find myself in one of these intersections without the ability you know if i have the option and i see these idiots up ahead i i know damn well that the you know the authorities are generally not on my side uh, although in the case of this it's everything apparently the they arrested the two protesters who jumped on the hood and they just took down the information of the suv driver but um i don't have trust that the authorities are always on my side and so i'm going to try to back i will reverse in the middle of the lane if i have to I'll be like get out of here but if i have to be there and somebody jumps on my hood or starts pulling my door i i, I don't give a fuck who's in front of me i don't care if there there's some squishy little chick with a backpack or whatever i'm slamming on the accelerator i'm getting the fuck out and if you idiots are underneath my tire at the end then i'm sorry i didn't mean to hurt you but you were the ones playing in the fucking street
1: i agree there's No
0: question about Um, it. I am not going to sacrifice my safety and the safety of the people in my car for a bunch of fucking children who've been in a four month tantrum and deciding that they want to block traffic and play in the street, which is something that responsible parents taught their kids not to fucking
1: do 40 years ago. Well, yeah, but not responsible parents now. Now they're all like, okay, little Jimmy, oh, be a snowflake. It's okay go protest. It'll be fine. I, I just don't understand. This is the world without repercussions. This is what happens when everybody gets a trophy, when you don't teach your kids that if you do something, if you have poor performance, you ain't going to get a job. If you have tattoos up and down your face, you're not probably going to get a job. The world doesn't owe you anything. You have to understand that if you get out into a roadway, and stop somebody's vehicle, especially if you jump up on their vehicle, or you're pounding on the side or using your hands to slap on the car because you think this is a good way to protest. When you get your brain splattered out, it's your own damn fault because people do not know what you're going to do in that situation. Like you said, we've seen enough videos of people that were pulled from their cars and beaten to within an inch of their life. So they're assuming. That's what you're going to do. Nobody knows that you're little Susie Snowflake and you just want to pretend you're a big protester that's going to slap on the car and nothing more. They don't know that. So when you get run over, it's your own damn fault. If you jump up on the hood and the person inside has a gun and they shoot you through the windshield, it's your own damn fault. And people need to start learning that you have to take responsibility for your actions and if you act like a douchebag criminal, you might get killed.
2: Yeah, I'd say these protests in the big cities look like a zombie movie, but zombies usually have a little more common sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, really, I just don't understand. This is not anywhere near what protesting is. People that want to protest, you can do that. That's fine. If you want to hold signs and you want to try to get your voice heard, that's perfectly cool. Once you start jumping in front of traffic and believing that, you should be able to make the city come to a standstill i mean the bottom line with all of these is fuck capitalism impede business burn businesses down and as we talked about on the last show there was a video of a woman a black lady that owned a gas station i believe because this was the gas station was all looted and burned and she's outside yelling at everybody that it was a black owned business they don't care black lives protesters aren't going to ask you when they get to your gas station or it doesn't matter what kind of business it is what little business you own maybe you're making shoes maybe you're making bags maybe you're got a you know barber shop. they don't care they don't care what color you are black lives do not matter to them they are criminal protesters yeah
2: they can shoot people uh, or and sometimes get in trouble but i mean I haven't seen anybody really getting in trouble for burning shit down and hurting people. And yet, like you said, jumping in front of cars. Meanwhile, all those, all those fucking hippies got shot at Kent state for holding fucking flowers.
0: Yeah. Well, they, they've got uh, all of these wealthy Hollywood virtue signalers who are going out of their way to pay their bail.
2: I mean, <coughs> <Patton> well, <Oswalt.
0: laughs> yeah the the number of people who are out there uh straight up either secretly or, or overtly encouraging this civil unrest and the you know the destruction of downtowns i i have i have reached a point where i i, I no longer can express much sympathy for the the people in these towns who i, I mean it is it is completely awful that that your private property is being burned down. And I definitely have sympathy for the, the people who've lost property or life, but at the same time, um, if, if these guys, especially after the election, um, let's see how many of these cities elect a, a non-democrat mayor. Uh, if that happens, then they've got all my sympathy in the world because they were duped and they didn't realize this is what's going to happen. But honestly, if, if you constantly vote for people who are, prioritizing feelings over law and order for decades in a row what did you think was
1: going to happen you know I mean, at, at, normally and, and i would say you know with any election it's pretty much the same on either side when you're talking about president no longer no longer this no, is there, clear. there are
0: significant differences that actually impact people which is one of the reasons why i think there's going to be a massive trump landslide this year
1: i would uh, agree although
0: Although we've been told that, uh, you know, to expect that three or four days later, all of the mail-in votes will come in and it'll swing the entire thing back to Biden, which if that's not signaling that they're going to massively cheat, I don't know what they're what is.
1: Well, I think what it's doing is letting everybody in the uh, Republican areas know they need to cheat just as hard.
0: That's not the that is not the outcome that I want,
1: (laughs) you know, but you know, well, okay, it's not the outcome we want, but it is the one we're going to get, I think. I believe that we've seen crazy stuff in the past, like with the hanging chads in Florida. But uh, I think we're going to see something brand new this time around. And I think it's more than just conjecture when people say that if Trump does win, the left is not going to have it. And I yeah. don't know what that means, because we're seeing what the left has been doing over the last few months in burning down cities including with the help of district attorneys, mayors and governors, what's going to happen now. Oh my God. It's uh, and, and, and like, like I said,
0: I, I, well, I definitely have sympathy for uh, the, the small business owner who has officially been left destitute because of a, a riot going on that's left unchecked. And, but it, it, it really is your local government that you keep voting for that is causing the problems. And The example I always turn to is the city of Seattle, which might be one of the most corrupt and and culturally bankrupt places in in the entire country outside of all of California. Uh, But Seattle, after uh, four months of totalitarian rule uh, through, I don't know if if they really are this stupid or they just have some kind of fucked up form of Stockholm syndrome, voted 81 percent for Jay Inslee in the primary Jay fucking Inslee, the totalitarian who has just ruined half of your city has destroyed the economy. Let petulant children with guns take over part of the city. And, and you're voting for him in that kind of, they're not going to learn. The city must burn. That is the only way I know
2: the 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 he bones had a lot to say about Jay Inslee when he was on. Our
1: show. Oh my fuck! Uh, he Jay doesn't sound uh, you know. Yeah. I know the knee-jerk reaction is going to be for you to say anybody is better, but the serious question here: Was there anybody better than Inslee on the ballot? Yes. Okay. Why didn't they uh, win? I, I mean,
0: okay, I'll go with the knee-jerk reaction first. There were thirty-five people on the ballot who were better <laughs> than Jay Inslee.
1: Really, were they any different, or were they just Inslee wannabes? Uh, eh, some of them were but but
0: not one of them had a proven track record of completely shitting all over the
1: constitution that they had sworn an oath to protect not one of them did but you know devil devil's advocate is yeah but none of those people they don't have any experience so and at the in these times of crisis we want somebody that knows what they're doing no, we don't. <laughs> I i want somebody who who goes back to basics and reads the
0: goddamn document they're swearing an oath against and maybe considers following that
1: that'd be nice i know that's that's hopelessly old-fashioned this is where people can make a difference on the local level everybody looks at the presidential race and thinks that's the end all the reality is presidents only have a very small amount of power this whole concept that trump is ruining america or that it's trump's fault of uh, that everything that's happened with this covid thing
0: trump trump has nothing to do with it it's, i know it's it's your local prosecutors your local mayors your 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 local governors to an extent who are the ones who are directly resulting in all of this destroy. trump never even ordered a lockdown so he can't really be responsible for the fact that the economy is the worst it's been in 25 years
1: And he never told anybody there were certain drugs they couldn't take. He was the champion of let's try everything. The only restrictions on handling this all came from the left. But now they want to blame Trump. It is sickening, really.
0: Not not all from the left, because there are plenty of Republican governors who decided to jump on the bandwagon and and curtail constitutional rights as well. But they were at least a lot more tentative about it. Uh, They they You know, decided to, okay, we can give you rights back a little sooner.
1: Well, and with the rights, I mean, I get it. There were Republicans that said, let's do the, you know, shelter in place or whatever you want to call it. But I don't think there were any Republicans that said, oh, your doctor says you should try the hydrochloroquine. No, we're not going to let anybody have it. Oh, they say you should try this. No, we're not going to let anybody have it. I don't believe any of that came from the right. I mean, I I mean, the honestly, the
0: only thing that because Trump doesn't even have Congress, he can't count on. So, you know, when when he wants new laws, he kind of has to make them via the the executive orders, which fortunately, the Supreme Court backed Obama and said, yeah, executive orders are inviolate and nobody can ever turn them over, even though they never went through Congress. And therefore, there was no due process and they violate the Constitution. And how can the Supreme Court be that stupid? But when the Supreme Court came out and said, "Yeah, Obama, Trump is not allowed to overturn Obama's executive orders." Trump is like, "Really? Right? <laughs> that means the next person can't overturn mine?"
1: Yeah, I get a couple years of goodness out of these things.
0: And so, you know, Trump is is the uh, not that you're seeing any of this in in the mainstream news, but uh, Trump is is legislating via executive orders left and right. The the thing where he said, you know, when when you're high and a lot of it is is he only has direct control over the federal government, but that is the largest employer in the entire country and I don't even can think he's things,
2: successfully controlling the federal government to be honest
0: uh, not successfully, but he's he's you know he signed one order that said uh that when you are considering hiring decisions, you are not allowed to require a college degree unless the, that particular position specifically requires the skills in that degree. And then it has to be a specific degree. You can't just say, oh, you have to have a master's degree to apply. Well, that is a right. huge blow to the academic institutions. Um, it makes them a lot less important, doesn't it? Uh, you know, he, he signed the one that said, uh, well, and, and, and I don't, I never agree with price controls because it's, it's a terrible way to manage an economy, but you know, he, he decided that. Uh, he wanted to set price controls on particular drugs and cut out the the middlemen in in drug prices which uh, if you look that is a terribly corrupt institution and he's he's hacking at it uh, the the latest one that he he came out with only uh, a couple days ago um was the and and this wasn't specifically trump it came out of the office of russell vote vout the director of the OMB Office of Management and Budget, um, saying that, uh, let's see, it has come to the president's attention that the executive branch agencies have spent millions of taxpayer dollars to date training government workers to believe divisive anti-American propaganda. Uh, it, it, I, I'm definitely putting this in the show notes, but uh, it's only about a page and a half, a couple good quotes. Uh, uh, and it's, let's see, All agencies are directed to begin to identify all contracts or other agency spending related to any training on critical race theory, white privilege, or any other training or propaganda effort that teaches or suggests either one that the United States is an inherently racist or evil country or two that any race or ethnicity is inherently racist or evil. He is going out and banning SJW training in all federal agencies. Uh, Another quote. These type of trainings not only run counter to the fundamental beliefs for which our nation has stood since its inception, but they also engendered division and resentment within the federal workforce. That is a pretty damn yeah, good, pretty good reason not to be doing them in our bureaucracy. Yeah.
1: Well, you heard from Camilla, uh, Camilla, Kamala, whatever her name is, uh, Harris. Camel-toe. Right. That, uh, <laughs> you know, we have two totally different dimensions, which, I mean, if you listen to No Agenda, we all know there are two different dimensions. But she's like, well, you know, the Trump people don't even believe that there is systemic racism. And it's like, well, do you mean maybe because you're a (laughs) woman of color that is the vice presidential candidate on one of the two major tickets that maybe people are not understanding where you're seeing systemic racism in this country? I mean, I don't get it. We've had a black man as president for eight years, never talked about systemic racism. Joe. He was you know, vice president for eight years, was in Congress. How many years longer? Never talked about systemic racism. This is like a brand new thing. I don't get how this just came out of nowhere ever since Trump got in. And Kamala Harris wants to believe that for us to believe there's systemic racism when she first was, you know, the D.A. and what one of the biggest city or the state in the you know, country. And then here she is, uh, the Democratic vice presidential candidate. Where is where is the systemic racism holding her down? I'm not seeing it. You you do know that there is because well, she's not black. So
0: there is a woman running for president on the ballot in most states.
1: No, is it she's libertarian, not
0: a Democrat or a Republican? Uh, her name is, in fact, Joe. It's Joe Jorgensen of the Libertarian Party is the yeah. only woman running on the ballot in most states for that position.
1: Well, what about Kanye?
2: I'm voting Kanye, even woman. though he's not a woman. <laughs> Are you sure? So I, so, uh, I have, so, as far as Trump getting things done. When's Hillary going to be in jail? Is that happening in the second term or kind of waiting on that?
0: Yeah, well, I, I some of that the, is the swamp is is broad and deep. And I don't think that he has a chance in hell of fulfilling that campaign promise.
1: No, no, as much as he would like to. But uh, I don't know. We might see Bill getting. I, I'm not sure
0: that he would like to.
1: No, I, I mean, I think this is all for for theater. one thing.
0: For one thing, having Hillary out there. Streaking is is actually politically beneficial for him. the The more ridiculous the the Democrat Party gets, the more popular Trump gets with everybody who isn't you know, vote blue, no matter who.
2: Yeah, right. Which I have some of those friends. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm surrounded Tennessee. by a lot of the, Yeah,
0: I'm surrounded by seven or eight million of them, all in my local neighborhood, practically.
2: Which is I've why I've been living in Tennessee for a long time, and I've never seen any one person wearing a MAGA hat.
1: Really? Blind. I think it'd nope. be MAGA land in Tennessee.
2: Well, I mean, I, yeah, the Trump flags and the yard signs are everywhere, but that hat, man, it's that's <laughs> a brave move, even in Tennessee, we're putting that thing on. I have a couple friends that wear them, but you, they're smart enough not to wear them out in public.
1: They wear them inside when they're on their YouTube videos, like, I'm big, I'm tough. Look, I got the MAGA hat. Then they walk outside. No, and they're wearing if we're Biden. shooting
2: guns in the backyard, that's usually when they put them on. <laughs> Hell yeah, buddy.
1: You know what?
0: Now, if I move to Tennessee, I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah. Walk around with the MAGA hat on. I'd like All to right. see that. I mean, I'm I'm just obnoxious enough to do that sort of thing. The the thing is around here, uh, you know, I I can handle if some dipshit on the sidewalk walks up to me. First of all, at at, at six one and and almost three hundred pounds, I'm not the kind of person that you want to fuck with on the street most of the time, uh. And and I might do that just to get that reaction. Except for the fact that around here, even the cops will stop you and be like, "Yeah, we're gonna have to take you in for uh, incitement. racism,
1: incitement." Yeah, how dare you wear that hat? That's inciting.
0: We're, huh. we're going to have to take you in and book you on the charge of racism. What do you mean? Well, your skin
1: is white and therefore we know you're a racist. Well, no, just you have you raise your fist and say Black Lives Matter. And I think I'll,
2: I'll tell you what I have seen um, surprisingly a lot, especially, um, I mean, within the first couple of weeks after George Floyd's death, black dudes wearing All Lives Matter t-shirts.
1: Nice. Sure.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, it's almost as if regardless cool. of skin color, even if your skin color is dark, you don't always have exactly the same ideology and and thoughts as every other person in that artificially created demographic group. It's almost like people can think for themselves.
1: At least some of us can. Well, and it's because it is divisive. I mean, that's the one thing I've been railing against for almost all these shows. It's the things that are divisive and the black lives matter group is divisive. There's no question about it. I saw a photo the other day of a family which was a black guy, white woman and a kid. And the black guy was wearing a all lives matter shirt or may even have been a white lives matter shirt. The woman was wearing the black lives matter shirt and the kid I think was wearing an all lives matter shirt. And it's like, see, these things should not be divisive, which is to say if somebody says all lives matter, if the reaction to that is you're a racist, then you're on the wrong side because there's nothing wrong with somebody saying black lives matter. There's nothing wrong with white lives matter and
0: after after a decade of political correctness and training everybody you know training people to become offended at everything at this point the word hello is divisive
1: I don't think like, that's true good
0: good day how are you
1: using your privilege to assume i'm having a good day how well, dare you wish me a good day
0: yeah don't want to no, do I, that i, I don't, don't think wanna... you're having a good day With that attitude, I don't
1: believe you've had a good day in a very long time, but a good day to you, sir. If you're living in Seattle, most likely you're not having a good day, sir, but we hope you are. And we do have one expert to thank for today's show being it's a Monday edition. We had a big, big, big show on Friday, and we appreciate everybody that supports the little grumpy old Ben's podcast. This is 1111 came in from I'll say his name right this time. Sir Psycho Myko, which I guess I screwed that one up. Yes, we uh, we got a note. Yes, uh, the note, even though my past donation, my moniker was pronounced Psycho Miko instead of Psycho Miko." Well, it's C-Y-C-O-M-I-K-O, you see. Very confusing. I found Grumpy Old Ben's episode 91 to be the best yet. So, okay, this is good because as we do episodes, we're getting better. That means we're moving in the right direction. We appreciate that. He said, I know I am qualified to say that as I was proclaimed an expert on the very same episode before that. Listen to our experts. We do. Before that, I thought, what do I know? I'm a teamster. Not a good one. Truck driver, forklift operator, chicken farmer at nightly lockdowns. I imagine a podcast called Grumpy Old Hens. I mean, that was suggested. But it would have to have women, and they would have to be doing
0: I, that. That that was, in fact, suggested for a podcast that that included uh, your
1: your wife and mine at the least. Yes, grumpy old hens. That might be absolutely. People might tune in for that. I mean, if they'll listen to Bemlet, I mean. Come on. Uh, yeah. Well, I,
0: I, I don't want to encourage my wife to podcast too much <laughs> because it will definitely cut into my popularity.
1: That, that is that is probably true. Oh, yet He says and a night of the no agenda roundtable. I started your latest episode early one morning on the latest Edge browser continued throughout the day as at one time I realized Edge was circumventing my piehole, and Firefox was not. I called my smoking hot wife into the room and my soon to be teenager To hear Bemrose explain, not rant, although I think you always rant, Wi-Fi tracking leading to Bluetooth tracking. This is value. Keep it rolling. Adam and John are getting old. You are my exit strategy, sir. Psycho might We appreciate that.
0: I'm pleased to to, I'm pleased that somebody doesn't consider me old. Can you let my nieces know?
1: Yes. I mean, you're the you are the uh, Adam Curry of this. And I am the Dvorak, unfortunately, because I'm a little bit older You know, what are you? I mean, I'm 50 now. You're uh, what? 30 something. I'm, I'm uh, age undisclosed. (laughs) You could be older.
0: I'm I'm 29. I've, I have had so many 29th birthdays by now. Well, you got married
1: on your 29th birthday or was it your 30th birthday? I got got
0: married. Yeah. got married on the day that would have been my 30th birthday, but ever since then, I'm not allowed to have birthdays. Well, that's
1: your wife smart.
0: She took that away from you. My last birthday was 29 because every time since then that I would have a birthday, it's been my wedding anniversary.
1: She is keeping you in check. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. We do work on the value for value model, and if you want to take part in all of that fun, you can go to com, click the donate button, use the QR code if you want to do the Bitcoin thing, or find the snail mail address if you want to help the USPS and buy a stamp. And as Sergeant Fred taught us, you can send us correspondence in that message, you know, in that envelope with your donation that the CIA Save the can't Postal read. Service yeah can't read it and you know
0: i i don't have any particular reason to want to save the the particular postal service that we have but i think that that having something that is constitutionally required to be neutral is is desirable and i feel like it it's helpful to have something like that don't i i feel like any given bureaucracy needs to be shut down had everybody fired and then refreshed from time to time but um
1: well, the post office is going to have a spotlight on them for this election season, and it's going to become clear, I think, just how worthy they are of the the jobs they're doing. I I, I still think that if they if they really,
0: you know, want voting uh, a good voter turnout, they just need to start setting up the mobile polls at all the BLM rallies because all these people are protesting in person; they can
1: fucking vote in person too. Yes, yes. There's no reason why a system of voting should be rushed into existence. And then not only that, but we're going to be not, you know, nobody's naive enough to really believe that there's not going to be anything going on under, underboard here, which is why Trump was, we the need ultimate to vote on troll. our phones. Yeah. When, well, when Trump was the ultimate troll, pretty- you know, with, oh, vote twice. I, I'm I'm behind this
0: idea. Do you have any idea how many IP addresses I can spoof on my phone?
1: That is, you know, when you originally when you come up with this stuff, it's like, well, why can't we just do this via the Internet? Because everybody has the Internet, even the homeless have Rogan's the
2: internet. Rogan's argument is always like, well, we do banking online.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yes. do you have any. How many how many bank accounts does Rogan have? <laughs> he doesn't even know there's so many, <laughs> you know, and there would be a way to do it where you would have a pretty good idea That you're confirming somebody's identity, but then confirming that that's the person that's actually submitting the vote. That's the harder part because I think it would be fairly easy to give everybody an account. They do that with when we renew our license plates here. You know, they send you a user ID number and a PIN number. Well, and they mail that to you. So, I mean, you need those two things. Without those two things, you can't go in and do it. So, you could do the same thing for voting. But then you have to believe that nobody's going to try to be intercepting those numbers. Nobody's going to try to be brute forcing those numbers. It's uh, and we all know with data when there's no paper record to go look at, you could vote for whatever you're voting for. How do you know that that's what's being reported? You don't. How do you check any of this? It's just one big database. Uh I- well, I mean, obviously you, you download the database after,
0: uh, executing a, uh, 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 some kind of attack that, you know, social interact, you know, they try to pay somebody a million dollars or, you know, just, so, just ransomware or something. You, you I mean, you, there are ways of getting the database and then you
1: just check it. Right. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think that sounds totally, uh, easy to do on the up and up and I think we'll get there. In in fact. If you can get ransomware
0: on someone's computer, then uh, apparently, if as we learned last episode, um, they'll even
1: pay you for it. Yeah. There's a high school system in North Carolina that was hit this week, as was Argentina's government. They're asking four million to the Argentinian government. I, is there anything worth that much? I don't know. I think we're in the wrong line of work, though. We should be. We should be hackers. You're not. No. I Should I be doing this ransomware stuff or any of these stories been you? Is that how you can just sit at home and podcast all day? I mean, it's highly lucrative. It does seem to be highly lucrative because I mean, people just give you their money.
0: The other thing that is highly lucrative is uh, if, if you got any value from grumpy old Ben's we, we'd we'd love to see, you know, if, if you got $5, $10, uh, $500 worth of value out of grumpy old Ben's, go ahead and uh, kick it back. Uh, we data's on our website. Uh, and I know that, uh, last show was uh particularly um good. Uh, you know, we, we had a lot of experts last show. Um I feel like we should try to make that the new normal.
1: I like the new normal. That was not a good rousing uh yay, we all want the new normal. But hey. Oh well, yay, we want <laughs> you'll you'll cut this in later. Right. Yay, we want the new normal. Yes, new normal, new normal. I mean, that's what we're going for here, uh, Chris. Hashtag uh, new normal. Yeah, new normal. New normal. New normal that's what I we want. I hate that phrase. So everybody can check out. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're, what you just said is totally going to get clipped out though now.
1: <laughs> we're going to uh we're going to tell everybody if they want to hear more from Sir ceter although sometimes he talks less on his own podcasts than when he guests on other shows.
2: Just when think- you're on cuz I like hearing your voice so much.
1: <laughs> or me and Larry. Larry and I did a show and that's always fun. Larry is so a good the reason
0: guy. why you talked a lot more on this show than you do on your own show is because of my voice. Right.
1: I think
2: I talk way too. Like, like I said, when my co-hosts are on, we have a topic and we all research it. And it usually just ends up, uh, don't tell them this. I said this, but it usually ends up being me doing all the work. So I do most of the talking on those episodes.
1: Well, that that's and, our formula here well, too.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah somebody's got to keep some? going. It's yeah. not easy. And when you do, I mean, this is the hard thing when you start getting multiple people on a show. Two is very easy. I mean, we got the, uh, you know, the back and forth going. Once you add a third person, what you run into, cause I've noticed that today, and that's where the silence filter comes in. But when somebody asks a question, if it, if it isn't specifically, so if I stop talking, if I don't say, what about you, Ryan, or what about you, Chris? If I leave it open, both of you guys are like, well, I'll let the other guy talk. And then this is where hilarity ensues. Once you get four or five or six people that really can start breaking down into, uh, insanity but that's where podcasters need to learn need to learn their craft got to keep it going you got to have fun and if you want to hear more from Chris abs in a I mean I would ask if there's a regular schedule but I, I know there's not I don't know what you're talking about yeah we usually do Wednesday's
2: you- post on Thursdays but it's been weird lately um but yeah there's a lot of burping uh instead of pauses there's a lot of burping because we should record well, that's one way to fill time for a few beers <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and uh
1: and while there are you, silence uh, filters, there are no burp filters yet that I know of in the podcasting software.
2: We've got some good stuff on the back catalog. A lot of uh, very conspiracy
1: theory related topics. If you're into that a little woo woo. When are you going to get woo. John McAfee on?
0: John McAfee is a conspiracy theory. Yes, he is.
1: Yes, he is.
2: <laughs> he, he emailed me back and uh, he had some kind of weird security protocols. He had like five chick, like a checklist of five things i think one of the five i didn't didn't meet the requirements of i can't remember what it was
1: oh no i'm now Uh, now it was i want to know
0: which one did you not meet was it was it like you're not a federal agent was that a requirement
2: (laughs) i know i think it had something to do with uh we had to be on itunes
1: something like that i'm remembering right (laughs) See now that's deep platforming how how dare he you're not no, a real he needs, podcast. He needs until to
0: update. You need to be on the the on the podcast index.
1: Yes, podcastindex.org. Respond to him. Be like, don't you know Adam Curry? Podcastindex.org's where you want to be. Not yeah, I think Apple.
2: iTunes and YouTube are the only thing we're not on. So we're on Whoa. spot. We got on Spotify mo- a couple months before Rogan did oh, like, beat him I'm to the sorry. punch.
1: Are you a Spotify? $100 exclusive? hundred million dollar
2: checks coming in the mail in the mail, I'm told. <laughs> yeah, they're post office survivors.
1: Yeah, there
0: are 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 we going to have to log into Spotify to get your are, are
1: your content now? Is it exclusive? It's elusive and exclusive. Yes. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. Just go to the website if you can spell it. Uh, Spotify's. Uh, I don't even use Spotify
1: really. But yeah, let us know. Well, let us know what. I want to know what those criteria were for McAfee. I might. I'd, I'd uh, I mean, if myself. you really
2: want to know, I might be able to pull it up right now. I mean, I want to know. Search on. Oh. The, okay.
0: And for anybody who doesn't know how to spell abs in a six pack, uh, if you're downloading this show from the Grumpy Old Ben's website, it will absolutely be in the show notes, as will most of our story URLs.
1: Yes. And I already have it right here. It's a B S N A six, the number P A C K dot com. And you can Yeah, just I'm not gonna over.
2: be able to pull this email up in any amount of
0: time.
1: So okay. come on. Aren't you, you on aren't name. you on Squirrel <laughs> Mail? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the Squirrel mail jingle? <laughs> squirrel mail. Hey, look for if that a, If you have a content. proton mail jingle, I'll try that out. Damn right. It'll be bonus content. Watch for it in the No Agenda Troll Room. Watch for it on uh No Agenda Social. That's where all the fun is. But thanks for hanging out with us, Chris. We appreciate it. You know, especially after thanks I, for having uh, me. you know, I crashed your show and you were kind enough to uh to let us do that. We always have fun and uh and,
2: crash it anytime, man.
1: And then, uh, and Bemrose, I mean, it's always fun to, uh, to hear your, I, I crash this show all the time. You do. You crash the show all the time. But with that said, until next time I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where, yeah, you know, the situation
0: and from America's left coast, where we listen to our experts. I'm Ryan Bemrose.
1: You don't listen to anyone. I listen. I
0: just don't always respond. Thank <laughs> you.